The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Back to school thing. You're hurt your back on back to school at the music store. Yes. That because sounds suspicious. Well, the U of A has uh, a th- uh, a thing where they like have events going on for like the first week of school or something like that, and they rented fifty thousand dollars worth of equipment from us. I gotcha. All right, less suspicious, still suspicious. Well, needless to say, there was a lot of lifting involved, and <laughs> I think that. Became a giant knot in my back that's just been getting worse throughout the weekend because that like that was my Monday, which yeah. is actually Thursday. Uh, was doing that um, rental, and then I just had the usual long weekend stuff on top of that. So right on. I, yeah, you a chiropractor guy? Uh, Are you at least a massage guy? Because I know. Mary's tiny, but tiny fingers can really get in there. Or you can pay someone to rub your back. Yeah, I might I might be doing that. You probably, because Long McQuaid has great benefits, you probably have coverage for it. Maybe. Especially, especially you in the physical end of things. They probably want to keep you in top shape so you don't have to have downtime because of back problems because that's costly to companies. So most companies do you know at least something yeah i don't know i have to check to see what my uh look into it man insurance covers a good I know with massage. like my dental it's really dumb where i have to pay up front first and then i get reimbursed yeah so it stops me from going to the dentist because i don't have several thousand dollars <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter how much coverage you got you can't cover it up front <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um I had a week where most uh, most of my week was spent, um, let's see, obsessing about the fact that I don't have a vehicle, trying to find a new vehicle, and then trying to negotiate a new vehicle. Interspersed with construction on the second floor studio. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very little audio work. A lot of stress, a lot of headache, a lot of sleeplessness. I can see that. Yeah. Did you get a new vehicle or on your way to? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's that. Uh, it's that wine-colored thing out there. Okay. Yeah. How are you yeah. liking it so far? Um, it drives really nice. Uh, really spacious inside. Um, a good replacement for your truck. It's not a truck. <laughs> uh, th- that's the best I can say is it's not a truck. You know, I wouldn't open up the 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 
hatch and fill it full of dirty things. Whereas the trunk, or the, the truck, I had no problem filling it full of dirty things. Because, you know, that's what trucks are for, right? Yeah, she looks much more comfortable. I know she does, but... She'll eventually just migrate to your lap and then... Uh, maybe. You know... I, I sometimes think that she's trying to cause me as much pain to my back as possible. I was... Um, <laughs> Speaking of, do you want the thing for your back? Yeah. A little late. Yeah, should be fine. I, I enjoy that um, That uh, oftentimes we can't really tell. When I when I listen back to these, and we just refer to whomever as she. Yeah. You can't really tell if we're talking about the puppy or the wife. <laughs> okay, so... Um, In this case, it's both. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, so we left off last week walking through a list. Yeah. And I was thinking we might as well continue because we rarely continue from week to week. Okay. Things that, you know, I have a a list of things that I, I can't remember where I put it, of things we were supposed to follow up on but never did. Okay. Or haven't yet. Right. So maybe, maybe we'll get there. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so to, to catch people up, what we were talking about last week, what we ended the show talking about last week is we were going through this online thing. It was from Disc Makers, if that matters. Um, uh, they call it Disc Makers Studio Partner Program. Uh, anyway, it was 37 recording tips. Now these are geared towards musicians and mm-hmm. clients rather than um, rather than engineers and producers, but still cool to review. Yeah. Um, and so uh, where did we leave off? You know what? We finished the recording process. Um, and I think we were, yeah, I think we were into the monitoring the mix. Now, this was this is one of those things. I'm not 100% sure how this fits in because it ties into a lot of things. But I suspect it should be coming after the mixing part. Um, anyway, also some of these things sound like they're from a previous era. Okay. Okay, so we finished with recording. We finished with pre-production. Um, and all that kind of stuff. So we're now talking, this is item number 27. It says, listen to your music at moderate levels in your car or on a boombox. I don't remember the last time I heard anyone refer to anything as a boombox. Because that's very much a 80s, very particular thing. thing. Yeah. Um, This is how most of your fans will listen to it. Clearly, they won't be listening to things on a boombox these days as a rule. Because there's a lot more convenient portable music devices out there than a giant boombox that you hold on your shoulder (laughs) (laughs) annoying everybody around you mine used to sit on the shelf because i couldn't afford batteries (sighs) because then you could just plug it in right um this is how most of your most of your fans will listen to it and mixing at loud levels will fatigue your ears and distort the true sound so this is a very very um 
skewed statement because from technical terms, fatiguing and, and distorting are two very different things. Right? Uh, yeah, I suppose. And Distortion's kind of just a weird word that generally means like changes the sound, though. Well, and, and that's fair. Um, but they're clearly using distort mm-hmm. in a different in a, in, in, in a different way than we think of it in the studio. You know, uh, I think they're using it in a different way than what the intended reader is expecting as well. Yeah, and, and that's and that's possible too. Um, that being said, the whole fatiguing issue is is pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you? I, what's what's your listening volume? I, or your uh, listening level? I I know yours is pretty low compared to compared to a lot of us. Probably like high fifties to mid sixties average. Really? Yeah, dude. Okay. It's not to say I don't have my moments where I go up to eighty because I do mm-hmm. definitely have those, but but eighty is kind eighty of, is usually where I'm starting to feel uncomfortable, right? See, and I find I find that eighty is only uncomfortable for the first couple minutes, and then after that, I feel like eighty is pretty quiet, and I I keep the. I keep the decibel meter on my phone um, going while I mix so that I can constantly get to make sure I'm not turning it up specifically. But, um, yeah, but I feel after, after a few minutes, my inclination is to uh, turn it up just a little bit. Um, yeah. No, I'm comfortable listening to things at like 50, 60. Um, I used to and be then a- for mixing, I do turn things up. Hmm. Uh, to probably like 60s, 70s, but I, I rarely go into 80s. I usually go into the 80 when I'm like checking things like um, bass. Right. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've, no one complains about my mixes sounding bad. So, I mean, I can't, it can't be that bad. That I'm listening to low volumes. Yeah, I, I, um, I had a stretch of time when I, I was mixing at 60, 70, somewhere in there, um, and no one would actually, no one would actually complain about my mixes. Um, even, even a client that is still with me today, um, where I've since figured it out, but um, he didn't complain about my mixes other than saying the mixes always sound better here in the studio than they do at his home or whatever. And of course they always sound better after we get them back from mastering. And it wasn't until, it wasn't until, um, um, I started mixing at louder levels that, that he started saying, damn, these mixes are sounding great. This song sounds amazing. Mm. I mean, he doesn't know the difference, but, but yeah, people would never, I had, um, you remember the band Monarch Sky? Yeah. So this is this is before I'd figured out my issue. Um, I did their first EP uh, and produced it. Um, so there was a lot of my influence on there. And I still think I still think musically, a lot of that EP is better than stuff they've done since. 
Um, but I also mixed and mastered, um, and I got, they, they pressured me, they, they upped their deadline, um, significantly, uh, to a point where I, I, I had to rush through it and I didn't cover all my bases, especially after mastering. So we get it back from the, we get it back from the, um, from the CD plant and, uh, and listen to it on the, in the, in their car. And this is the first time I'm listening to it in a car and I'm listening to it with them to the master. And all I can think of is, Oh my God, this is terrible. Hmm. <laughs> way too much, way too much mid range. And the whole thing sounds honky instead of punchy. And, um, anyway, so I get a call about a year and a half later about them getting ready to, to, to do their second record. And, uh, they're comparing me with, um, with Quinn, um, uh, you know who I'm talking about. I can never, yeah. I can never pronounce or remember specifically his last name. Um, but, uh, they're asking me, um, uh, if they, w- if they were to do that, that record again, um, how much it would cost because my prices had gone up at that point. Um, and I gave them one, I gave them one price, not, not remembering that they were comparing the mistakes that I made, which is totally fair to the price that I'm giving them. Mm -hmm. And so naturally they went with, they went with Quinn, um, who made a great record with them, but, uh, it was all, all of those mistakes that I'd made at that time were centered around the fact that I was mixing too quietly at the very least for this room, because I couldn't hear, I couldn't hear the mid range properly at that volume. That's fair. Um, my current mixing situation, like the back wall from me is like 20 feet away. So, right. Whereas for you, it's like 10 feet. (laughs) It looks like, yeah, I think, um, I think front to back, this room is nine feet. I think something like that. Yeah. And it's 14 feet this way. Width wise, yeah. which I know everybody everybody says you have to put your mix space at the in the long direction, right? But mm. most people, uh, it depends on the size of the room. Uh, they say for smaller rooms, yes, the longer way, right? Uh, but for larger, like properly made studio rooms, they actually say that the longer length should be the width, oh. not front to back. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's fair. I've, the Yeah. That's just me and my nerdiness of like when I thought that I was going to build a, a recording facility at some point and researching <laughs> it. Right. Hey, um you guys are younger than me and, and and Mary's still in school, so maybe you guys know the answer to this. The the four sided shape that looks like a triangle with the top cut off. What is that called? You guys trapezoid. Remember? Trapezoid? Okay. So we built a trapezoid upstairs for the studio. And then you're going to put like diffusers on the back wall or? We, we aren't going into diffusers. We're going to, we're going to do absorption first and then we'll, we'll consider diffusers at that point. But without, without the ability to properly measure, um, diffusers are pretty illogical. Yeah. Right. Fair. 
Yeah. Um, but we're we're um, we're toying with the idea of because all four of the walls are are packed with um, Roxel insulation. We're toying with the idea of of on the front wall, um, just rolling fabric over it and not having the hard reflective service and having that, having that, um, I don't know, the eight or nine inches of, of, um, insulation absorption. Um, and then of course having drywall on the, the other three walls, but, um, we're toying with that idea for sure. Interesting. Yeah. Um, we also, also interesting side note to the whole construction thing is we finally got an HVAC guy in here, um, heating, ventilation, AC and the, uh, whatever, and did a proper walkthrough of how we can upgrade the, the, um, ventilation everywhere. Mm -hmm. And his ideas not only are really cost effective, um, but they could potentially have a serious impact on improving the air circulation everywhere. Um, so we're, uh, we're pursuing that quite heavily over the next couple of weeks. So it won't be cold as balls in the winter? It won't be cold as balls in winter, and it won't be hot as fuck. Um, during the summer. During the summer. Yeah, despite the fact that we have AC. Uh, yeah. During the summer is not too bad. You don't spend enough time in here when when we're working, though. True. Right? Like, cause you're, you're Although I was here that one summer you had where, like, your uh, AC mm. wasn't working and like yeah. things fried because it got so warm in here. I yeah. was around quite a bit then. Yeah, that, w- that was the summer of 2014. Yeah, I think that I was. That was the worst of it. That was the worst it? of it. It, it hit, it, in, in this room, it hit 43 degrees. Yeah. yeah. And we were still trying to work. I literally worked. I had a fan blowing on the Neve gear. Um, in the control room sitting like three feet away from me and I'm trying to engineer on headphones mm-hmm. just so we can keep the session going. And believe it or not, we only had two cases of heat stroke. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> one is one too many. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you have construction workers delaying every work. Yeah. Do they end up getting sued? Um, the, yeah, the condo board is suing the original contractor. Um, the construction workers were just doing their job, but, uh, uh yeah, but the, sorry, but the, the, contractor. the contractor, yeah. Yeah. Um, the trouble is he's an old man that, that has nothing anyway. And so they're probably, it, it's probably not going to go anywhere, but. Oh, yeah. so it's still in the process. Yeah. That'll, I have a feeling that that's going to be like four or five year process. Although it is three years later now, so. Who knows? I'm, I'm a renter, so I don't have much. I don't have much say in it, and my landlord has basically washed his hands of it. Um, on top of the fact that he's selling anyway. You want to buy this space? No. Uh, want to buy the studio? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no. My idea is very different. To buy a house and then either convert the garage or the basement, yeah, into a a space, and then rent it out to people. And then rent it out to people, like yeah. rent it out to other engineers. Yeah, right. that's um, all right. 
because I'm, I'm going to make a live room, so I'm going to rent out the live room. Right. That's what Treehouse were doing, right? Um, in St. Albert. That was uh, White Lightning, those guys, Jason Grillo, and um, I can't remember the other guy that was involved in that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's what that's what they were doing up there. They lasted three years. They had a stupidly low rent, but the new 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 main tenant moved in and booted them out. Huh? Because I, I think they were just subleasing. Yeah. Well, this is just me having my own personal space and then renting it out to people that I know and trust. Yeah. Basically, I'm not. Like if I don't know, some young kid who I've never met comes up to me and is like, can I use your space? It's just like, no, go to a studio. Right. Will probably be my response. Yeah. 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 Lots of studios like that though. Like, like what you're envisioning. Yeah. It might be but easier. Just this to- is like, I'm probably going to be buying a house and doing this to my house. Right. So yeah. it's just, if it's not people I know and trust, you don't want them in your house. I don't want them in there. Yeah. 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 Whereas if it was like a commercial space, then I wouldn't say no to anyone. Well, you still can. Oh, I know I can. I still can, but like I'm less likely to tell some kid who's fresh out of school that he can't rent my studio. Right. Yeah. That's why um, we decided to make sure that we have an assistant on hand. Um, for every rental, mm-hmm. um, keep it super cheap. Um, it's just Roland and I that are that are going to be the assistants, and and that you know that way we can we can kind of supervise, make sure that some kid that doesn't actually know what they're doing doesn't actually blow anything up. That's fair. Yeah, it's also a great way to get to get in and and learn. Um, I should pursue that more. Uh, you know. To have to have someone who knows more coming hovering while the kid is here recording his buddy's band or mm-hmm. recording his own band type of thing. Yeah. How yeah. is your school thing going anyway? Um well the uh it's going okay. The um the American guys are you know, they there's lots of fluctuation in in enrollment. It usually picks up in the fall and slows down in the summer. Um, so it's picking up like you're getting a lot of, uh, interviews. I have no, it, it probably won't pick up like the interviews probably won't pick up until October. Um, but I have four students right now. Um, and they're, you know, various in summer. It's so hard to stay motivated for these kids in the summer. Yeah. I guess even, even the older students, um, they they find the need to go work during the summer, right? So it's it's hard to. That's I, fair. I don't judge. I don't judge it too much. No. Well, my whole thing where I had to stop coming here because I had to find a job. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and that's that's just it, right? Like, but like that's just more me looking out for my well being. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what I'd like to what I'd like to find is I'd like to um, uh, inspire more people to to take on producing. You know, like 
no knowledge of engineering or not take on take on producing um and then you know yeah. bring that business to me and I'll engineer at a discounted rate I've been trying to do that with some of my friends like my buddy Kale I tried doing that to with him for years but now he's going to school for engineering like audio engineering or yeah. engineering oh yeah yeah, nice. he goes to school for audio engineering and then he'll occasionally send me a track and I'll listen to it and be like, ah, this, 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 this. <laughs> yeah. Um, where is he, where is he going to school? Uh, somewhere in Calgary. Oh, okay. Uh, a place that he, he usually, when he was in bands and stuff, he would take advantage, well, he didn't <coughs> necessarily take advantage because this place asked for right. people to come in and perform and they would get free recordings out of it. Yeah, you can say take advantage of that. Take advantage of a good opportunity, right? Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, those kids were... Learning. Learning. So, like, yeah. the quality of the recordings wasn't outstanding. Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah. Or at least that's my experience with this place. Right. Having had tracks sent to me and being frustrated because they weren't organized in any way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, that's Although, a learning. That's a learning process too, though. Yeah, it was a learning process. That whole project. That was the project where I got accused of using a digital amp when I used a JCM nine hundred. <laughs> awesome. And awesome. was was a better player than the actual like actual the original player. player. Yeah. So that's funny. <laughs> and it wasn't he? Oh, the best part is like none of his parts were very difficult to play but he thinks he's like a really good guitarist yep. but it was just power chords and like that octave shape jeez oh you know what that's a it's a car dealership i'm gonna be hassled with calls today because i sent about a bunch out over the weekend looking for a new car um sorry uh yeah yeah his idea of a solo is just doing like an octave scale run it's a very high school. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That is very fair. But he thought he was really good. <laughs> he was so good. In fact, I had to play for him on his, nice. his single. That was 12 minutes long of playing the same four chords. <laughs> Which, like, oh my God. Couldn't you have just made a loop? I basically did. I only played like. That's why he thinks it sounds digital. Because he heard the loop. I doubt it. Because I made a long loop of like four or five repeats. Yeah, that's fair. So like I had played it several times differently. And then I looped it in a way so that it shouldn't um, be obvious. I've done that. I've done that two or three times um, for for songs where uh, not necessarily me playing, but... Um, two songs, same songwriter, but different bands. Mm -hmm. Um, the first time his guitar player literally could not play the, the, the rhythm that was supposed to be played in the, uh, in the verses literally could not play it. I had to, and it was, it was just like, 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 strum palm palm or palm mute palm mute like type of that was it was just a particular pattern right 
Okay. Nothing super complex, but it was a little odd. So if you put some work in, you'd figure it out. But if you don't want to put any work in, you wouldn't get it, right? Guitar player didn't want to put the work in, so he couldn't play it. But those are like the (laughs) weird things are the funnest things to play. I know, right? Anyway, so so what we ended up doing was um, had him play it like five times or something to try to get the parts, try to get him to play it at least once, right? Mm -hmm. Because the drummer was reasonable to a metronome. Oh, no. That first time, the drummer couldn't play to a metronome. I had to force the metronome upon the the performance. That's right. So you edited the drums to a metronome? Yeah. Yeah. His 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 tempo map looked like a skitty skyline. Um, Jesus, yeah. I hate those projects. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, so I ended up taking like the it was a two bar rhythm thing repeated over and over on the for the chorus, um, or sorry for the verse, and I ended up building it from three different segments to make this thing work. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yep. and, and, then, and then just that loop over and over again, everywhere. It was, it was terrible. It sounded fine though. The end product, he was, he was like, man, you made me sound great. Cause I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there was then same songwriter, different song acoustic ballad with kind of a Bon Jovi breakdown in the middle, like, like, right. Um, and the, the songwriter was having a real bitch of a time because we, I'd forced him to put on heavier strings and he wasn't used to heavier strings on his acoustic. Um, and it, and it's a finger picking thing that requires a lot of detail. So he was having a bitch of a time. Okay. And and again, That's understandable, totally understandable. Right. But he couldn't play it. He couldn't play it consistently and he couldn't play it for longer than, you know, a bar or two before, before having some sort of like pretty significant unusable glitch. So again, I made, I found a, um, two different like first notes, mm-hmm. one that was fine from the start of the song and one that was fine from the middle of a progression. So there'd be that subtle harmonic ring from the previous into the, yeah. into the repetition. And I just made the entire song out of a loop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, the entire thing, the only thing that the only thing that changed were these were these two breakdowns. One was a guitar solo at the begin uh, in the middle, and then the end was kind of a Bon Jovi like like big drums, guitars, and screaming solo duet with the singer type of thing. Yeah. And ended up turning out really good. Um, his wife was really happy, which was super important thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the most extreme I've ever had to do, both on the same sing- uh, songwriter. There's a song that I did um, called November Rain. I did it in... Are you talking about like Guns N' Roses' November Rain? Or is it November Rain? No, it's not Guns N' Roses. It's some pop singer who I don't know her name. Okay. Uh, but she was on the charts like... 
probably 10 years ago. <laughs> All right. Because this was about when I was in school for recording. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'd entered a competition. It was supposed to be like Best Mix or something like yep. that. And that song annoyed the hell out of me because every time the chorus came up, I could tell that it was the exact same part. Like that it was that it, that it, was, it was just a copy, copy paste. And paste. Ah, that's too bad. Like everything, absolutely everything. There might have been like the, the one or two instruments in there that that grew as the song went to the end. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I'm still annoyed with that competition because the people who won it don't deserve it because it was distorted and just gross it was and loud. It, <laughs> and it was supposed to be like judged by a professional mixer, and it's just like clearly a popularity contest by the end of it it made me dislike competitions because I, I learned that that's what most are is just popularity contest yeah that's yeah it, it it's really rare that they're not right yeah I, I was why I don't do spec mixing yeah like if I know it's oh. between me and three other engineers like I'm not interested I'll do a spec mix I don't mind doing that um, I don't mind it but at the same time like at the end of the day you're gonna take the person who's cheaper i know that that's not true that's not that's not often true actually it is in my case i mean if if um or my experience it has always been like me and three other guys are doing a spec mix and then there's a fourth guy that comes in that's just cheaper Hmm. speaking of hey speaking of cheaper um, I've been I've been toying with the idea of of um, dropping my mixing prices significantly, um, specifically to go after more mixing. Um, okay. And I've been and I've been thinking of doing it for like really really cheap. Like how cheap? Like one hundred fifty a song, flat rate. It's not super cheap. That's only fifty bucks cheaper than what I charge. And that's like assuming they only want one song. Usually, if they're wanting an entire record, I I give them a deal, right? Give them a deal, and it might be like hundred twenty five, hundred fifty bucks is what they pay for. Well, I've I've been doing I've been doing the uh, per hour right uh, right now, and and that usually puts me in the two hundred to two hundred to three hundred range, right? Fair. Um, so it seems really cheap to me. <laughs> All right, maybe it doesn't seem as cheap as to anyone else. So, well, I, I do the per song yeah. rate for mixing because I, I find it just easier to be like, it costs this much for what you're asking for. Yeah. And then, you know, it doesn't matter how long I take. It makes clients more comfortable as per, like, instead of, like, the hourly stuff, if... The client's not in the room with me. Right. Charging per hour just is weird, and they might think that I'm wasting time. Like if I gave them a ten-hour bill, yeah, and not and, that and it would take fair. me that long, but like I haven't spent. They might spent. think I wasted some of that ten hours, right? So right. it's not something I would do. If anything, I would give them time. I haven't for spent free. more than more than five hours on a mix in years. Um, now that of course doesn't include editing and editing 
in editing and editing. That's usually right. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually what ends up happening when I do like the hourly thing. It's just there's a lot of editing. Yeah. And they have to pay for the editing. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't charge for mixing. I don't charge on an hourly basis unless the client requests that they're in the same room as me while I record, in which case I'm, I'm charging for the hour that we're together in this room because I know they're going to be a pain in the ass and they're going <laughs> to interrupt me when I'm in a train of thought. Yeah. Because they don't understand that, you know, I might be doing something, but I got like seven other things in my head going on or whatever it is. I'm usually thinking ahead of what I'm doing. Yeah. I've um, I've been doing that a lot with uh, with hip hop guys. Um, uh, having hip hop guys here, like we we record, edit, then mix while they're sitting here, right? Um, and and I I know those, those are usually simpler mixes, but I've just well, I've just started you usually getting, only get the two track and the vocal, right? So. Uh, and I've and I've. I've just started rather than um, rather than asking them to be quiet. I've just started working on switching gears to the thing they are focusing on, and then switching back. Right, um, and I've actually started telling them, um, like, you, you hear something, just like bring it up, let me know, let's address it right away, and then I'll move on. Um, especially at that point, because there's you know, we're, we really are starting almost close to the end. Right. Yeah. Um, I wonder how effective that would be, how effective I would be at that switching gears like that, starting, starting with a full mix. I don't know. I mean, my experience with with it is usually like somebody being like, Hey, can you fix this? And me having to turn around and be like, yeah, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that too. I'm in the process of doing it right now. And it just it slows down the process of like they don't understand that I probably heard that before they did. And it's pretty rare that it, it's pretty rare that someone wants to stick around for an entire five hour mix, though. Yeah. Well, I, the last time I did, it was only like maybe a two hour mix because I only had three or four tracks to to do. Oh yeah. Oh, that, that was back at the um, at the shit house. Yeah. Uh, Shithouse Records, Shithouse Studios. No, this is before that. <laughs> All right, this is when I was living in a house that, like, if I touched two different electrical devices at once, I would get a shock. Yes, properly grounded. Well done. Yeah, and this was just a freelance job. Somebody wanted to do a song for a competition. They had like two days to do it, and so I agreed to do it. Right, and was it I? I think we recorded drums, tambourine, vocal, maybe something else. So I only had like maybe five or six tracks that I was dealing with. So I could do a, a quick mix. Right. Did a quick mix. And, you know, it, while he was sitting there waiting for me to get things done, he would mention things. And I have to, like, and I was still learning at this point. But I would have to turn around and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm currently actually working on that. It just takes me a couple steps to, yeah. to do exactly that. So just bear with me. I know what you're we'll trying to there. do. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I probably worded it differently because I didn't have the same. Shut the hell up! <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't. I wasn't that bad. I'm usually only like that after like three days of staying awake. And people usually know that I'm like very we should, tired. We should, we should do another episode where you haven't slept in a weekend. The thing is, is I actively try to go to bed every day (laughs) (laughs) to avoid that. It helps having someone that's dragging you to bed with her. I'm usually dragging her to bed. Sometimes. She gives you the evil eye. Um, She just (laughs) hasn't drank enough coffee yet. (laughs) I apologize that the coffee is so terrible. Just needs more sugar. Drink your coffee. All right. So now that the evil eye has been given, that's our cue to move on to our next point. Yeah. What happened to your list? Yeah. Well, I mean, we started with the list. <laughs> this was all. This was all inspired by the list. That's the point of the list. This is great. We're gonna get like like eight episodes out of the list at this point. Um, okay. So this is this is point number twenty eight under monitoring the mix. Okay. Sometimes it's good to take a day off and come back to listen. Yep. The same applies for mix down. Ears don't last very long in the studio, which uh, I, I disagree with that from a professional perspective because I mean, you and I are, well, you we and train I train our ears to not only last longer, but we also are actively it's monitoring it's, how loud we're listening to things so that we can work longer. But it's also, it's also a, it's also like a, a muscle type of thing, right? Yeah. Like our ears have developed the stamina over years to be able to do that. You know, I can go a solid eight hours and still have, and still be able to trust my ears. And I can usually feel it when, or like I get a weird feeling in my uh, head when my ears start to fatigue. Right. And so I, I can usually tell when I'm starting to. I love the, the, uh, the coffee and the puppy. Both are wonderful quick breaks. Um, cause she needs to go out every four hours at least. And uh, the coffee, I need to refill that every 45 minutes, right? So those quick little breaks are perfect for, for, um, for that little bit of recharge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's, uh, I remember, I think it was Joey Sturgis said this, but he said he likes smoking because it gives him a break. And then he can come back and be yeah. refreshed and... I remember hearing that. Um, I don't think I heard that from from Joey Sturgis, but he but used to probably, smoke. Though I, I don't know if he still does or not. I, probably not, because everybody seems to be quitting. <laughs> but it's it, it's true though, right? I mean, if he's quitting, he's probably an e-cig guy now, right? Electronic Maybe, cigarette. I don't know. Yeah, it just seems to me that everybody is quitting and actually being successful in quitting these days. E-cigs are, are having a huge effect on that. Allowing the willpower to be that, you know, I mean, because you can, you can keep the ritual of the smoking um, and just lower your nicotine intake and lower your chemical intake slowly to the point where you're just, it's basically just humidified <sighs> apples. I guess. You can just do what apples. I did and go into the woods for several months without <laughs> smokes. And by the time you're out, you have no house, but <laughs> you've torn down the cabin in the woods. All the monsters are dead because you killed them. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <this is> <laughs> uh, 
was it? I took a job in the woods and oh yeah, I wasn't going to get back to civilization for like several months. So I bought a cart and thinking that maybe that would last. <laughs> Didn't last that long because everybody bums smokes off of you. Yeah, and then I don't know. I didn't have any smokes left, and I just... My little brother quit simply because he's too stubborn. There's a part of that with me, too, because it's like I I ran out of smokes, and like I could have got some if I wanted to drive like two hours away Mm -hmm. and get them, but I didn't want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) So just being stubborn and being like, I don't want to drive out just to spend 10 bucks. That's, That's more effort than... I'm willing to put into <laughs> this. And then by the time I was done that job, it's just, I don't want to smoke. Okay. So taking but a break from the studio is a good way to stop smoking. Great. I usually do like a YouTube video or something when I'm at home. Hmm. I try to do something where I'm not listening to anything. It's just the ambient noise. It's the reset on on the ears. That's why the coffee is great because it's you know it's just around the corner, but it's still a few minutes of silence and that's fair. Um, and the YouTube YouTube videos, I find are good. Like they're time you, sinks if you let them be. They can be, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I I yeah, I don't know if being in my house, it's kind of difficult to. Yeah. Get those little breaks. I think I feel like if I had like a facility, it'd probably be easier to get those breaks. But at the same time, can't afford it. It's a little well, and, and you'll eventually get there, right? Yeah. You know, well, if we when we have this the uh, second level up here, um, we're gonna rent that out as a mixed space, um, kind of like you're planning on doing with the the home studio. Eventually, um, yeah, we're gonna rent it out as a mixed space. Already have a couple guys lined up for the fall that are gonna rent it uh, on like a couple weeks long to do their mix. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mostly guys that just had to sell their, sell their shit, pay bills, that kind okay. of thing. Yeah. That's um, fair. Yeah. And, and they just passed the, passed the, we're going to try to keep that cost even lower than the, than this studio, but try to keep that cost as low as possible and pass that on to the client. Right. Yeah. You know, or that's that's the cost of doing business, right? Yeah. Um, number twenty nine. This one looks interesting, and this is one that I fight with clients all the time. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. As you review each mix, make sure you can comfortably hear all of the instruments. Tweak the mix on a small pair of speakers at an extremely low volume. Headphones are also very what the fuck? Headphones are also very valuable at this stage, but don't base your final decision on them. You should be able to pick up each instrument even at this level. Oh, inst- you should be able to pick up each instrument even at this level. Ah! This is why I don't have a career as a voiceover guy. So, to so basically it's saying you should be making changes at quiet volumes instead of loud volumes. Mm. On a small pair of speakers at an extremely low volume. I, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I, I think you have you to should be, be listening to what you are comfortable with at the volume you are comfortable with. Well, yeah, it should be. It should be. And, and, and I know 
you don't work at 85, but it, it should be at that 80 to 85 mark. That's that's where you, that's where most people should be mixing, and that's where most well, most changes should. That's be made, where the right? Fletcher Munson curve says that we hear the most flat at. But if you are more comfortable, like you have listened to all of your music at a certain volume with a certain set of speakers, that's how you should be reviewing the mix that you have received is with what you know. Right. And, and I'm not talking about the review process. This is specifically talking about the, about the making changes to the mix. Yeah, they should still be listening to something that they're... Yeah, like they, like at home. But when, for example, Friday, I have a client coming in um, to to do a, a new set of review uh, mix changes, mm-hmm. and they're not going to be listening. We're not going to be making those changes on their system that they've been listening to. We're going to do that here at the studio yeah. on my system, right? Yeah. And so it's going to be we're going to turn the volume to eighty five. It's going to be. Um, the changes are made and judged on these speakers and then taken elsewhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand the low volume thing. It's well, the, the, I think the, I think the, the, the common theory that I hear on the low volume thing is, and believe it or not, Stu over at sound extractor, he apparently make, uh, masters at really low volumes. Um, which I don't get either, but um, the theory on the low volume thing is that if you turn it down, you should be able to hear and feel the same kind of punch and emotion as you do at the at your mix volume, right? That's the that's the theory. You can't make any effective changes down there because because one decibel of change audibly could be who knows by the time you turn it up, right? It's, it, it, it's just such a, it's like, it's like trying to make a change on a picture when the picture is super small resolution, right? Or super low resolution. Yeah. It, it, it's so hard. You have to, you have to be making those changes at, at higher volumes, but it is important to reference down that low. Make sure it still works. Yeah. <sighs> I still think it should be at whatever volume the client is comfortable with, though. I suppose. Even in those situations. So you don't want them being uncomfortable trying to think critically of what is... No, but that's that's the thing. Is there, like, a, the client... I'm, I'm going on the assumption that the client has listened to the mixes in their car, in their stereo, on their headphones on their little iPhone speakers, on their laptops, on their wife's laptops, um, or on their husband's, um, you know, a little tabletop speaker, you know, boss speaker thing, Bose, whatever the fuck it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, I always pronounce it Bose. Bose. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I've always pronounced it boss, but boss is a different company. Mm hmm. That has very two much S's. Is. It very much is. Just like Koss. You remember Koss headphones? No. So K-O-S-S used to be a brand of, of um, car speakers. They were a Focal competitor um, okay. in the 90s. And still to this day, now, this is going back a long time, but still to this day, the nicest, 
most aggressive, sorry, not the nicest, the most aggressive headphones I've ever, I've ever worn in a pleasant way. And then I forgot them in a hotel room in Cold Lake. Oh man. Yeah. I was very sad because when I called the hotel room, they're like, we didn't find anything. So one of your people stole it. Great. Well, I mean, yeah, not surprised. They were nice headphones. Anyway, they went. They they made car car speakers and that kind of stuff too. But okay, yeah. Um, I don't know how far into the pro audio they got, but excuse me. Anyway, yeah. I don't. Let's move on to the next point. Yeah, number thirty. This is the last one in the monitoring the mix, and this is this is really hard for for musicians specifically Mm -hmm. and really hard for, um, for new anybody learn to recognize ear fatigue. You're better off quitting a session early when you're tired than wasting time, making a bad mix that will have to be redone anyway. And that's true. That's a lesson we all learn. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it takes us years. Sometimes people get it really well, really quick, but I think as a musician, it's harder for them to learn that. Yeah. Whereas like if you're <coughs> working on mixing and stuff, it gets brought to your attention. Yeah. Uh, a lot quicker than if you were a musician working on a song. Yeah. That's totally fair. Yeah. I think the part of that is just because your fellow engineers would be like, yeah, this is all messed up. <laughs> yeah, man, there's something wrong with this. Uh my best criticism that I love seeing is, oh, I could have mixed it better. Then why didn't you mix it? <laughs> oh, right. Because you couldn't mix it better. You mix it different. Yeah. Not better. I remember the first um, the first two albums I mixed here in the studio. Um, now, I, I was mixing on Rocket 8s. Um, Generation 1 Rocket 8s. So that tells you how long ago this was. Um I had generation twos that the generation melted ones themselves. Were awesome. Yeah, my, one of mine lit on fire. That's why I got rid of them. Uh, mine got close to that because <laughs> I have the habit where I, I still have that habit. Like my mon- my YSM eight or no YSM sixes is what I have. Yeah, are they're constantly the, you got the on. Yamahas? Huh? I did not know you had Yamaha speakers. No, these are Yorkville's. Oh, Yorkville. YSM. Oh, in the Yamaha's Yorkville the Studio Monitors. H Yamaha is the H series. HS, right? uh, HS yeah. sevens or eights and gotcha. I okay. hate those with passion. That's totally fair. Course, They're way too honky. In my opinion. Like I'd the, like to have some honky speakers here. Yeah. Anyway. I I don't know. I just I listen to them and just like this sounds gross. <laughs> uh, Same time, I mean I, I did mixes on them, and it's just like, okay. And I see the appeal of having gross-sounding speakers. Yeah. And then I bought my uh, Baritone speaker. Oh, yeah. It's a Avitone clone, but yep. Behringer makes it. Sounds like complete ass. <laughs> Which... It translates. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. I want to buy a second one, just so I can be like, this is what a shitty stereo would sound like, <laughs> instead of just a monost. Uh, yeah, stereo. yeah. We might do that here too, but maybe not. Maybe we'll do that upstairs. Yeah. Um, I would love to get myself some Neumanns, though. 
these ones or the upgrade on these. Uh, I'm 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 super this split. This are bigger. I'm super split on these guys. Um, they sound so drastically different from the Focals, and they're noticeably a little more mid forward. I don't mind that, but they seem to have a low mid dip that makes them sound generally better. That's why I want them, though, is because they sound so good. Well, but that's that's and and I don't mean I don't mean better as in more neutral. I mean better as in they're more pleasing to listen to. Yeah. Well, I know, I know that's right. the case that right. they are more pleasing to listen to. I but I have my YSM sixes. They're that, not pleasing to listen to. Um, I at this point I don't know. Right. That's right. <laughs> I am so used to listening to YSM sixes that at work when something's different, like I actually catch it. <laughs> like everybody else is like, what, what, what? And it's just like, oh, that's not how a YSM six is supposed to sound like. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, how can you tell? Because I've had them for like 10 years. Long time. <laughs> and I listen to almost everything on them. Yeah. That or my KSM, uh, or my K271s. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. I know what those things should sound like because I've been listening to them for like 10 years. Wow, 10 years, eh? That's crazy. Well, and, and I mean, that's, that's the, that's, that's the exact state you want to be in. You want to know your speakers so super well. Yeah. Yeah. If YSM sixes was to ever become obsolete, I'd probably invest in a couple pairs just as backups. Oh yeah. I'd burn, I'd burn them first, but (laughs) as in like the. Yeah. Uh, put white noise through them or something. Oh, burn For, them in. Yeah, burn them yeah. in. Yeah. Not light them on fire. Yeah. That's that, that's what I thought you meant first. No, I, I would not light them on fire. I would burn them in. So uh, I'd put <laughs> some audio through them for 40 hours. And then they'd just sit there collecting dust. <laughs> Both of these, when I got them, I um, I just ran... I just ran a record on repeat through them for, for well, it was 24 hours anyway. I hear that white noise is the best to put through, but... I've heard that too. Um, but that's but easier said than done. It's in a lot of cases. To, harder to listen to too. Well, if you don't have like a dedicated room where you could just have white noise playing yeah. constantly and you don't have to be in there. You can do something else somewhere else, right? Uh, then you could do it, but most people don't have that situation. Exactly. Yeah. Oh well. And really, at the end of the day, you just need to make the driver move for forty hours. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It it took it took about six months before these Neumanns felt like they were like they were breaking in, and that just might have been me getting used to them. getting used to them, but. But about there was a there was a noticeable difference right around the six month part. Well, oh, yeah. we're running out of time. Well, I guess we'll we'll do the mixing portion of this maybe next week. Uh, we're finished the recording or whatever. No, that, that oh, was monitoring. That was, that was the last one of the monitoring. So I guess we gotta go. We'll see you all next week. Oh.
Follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.